Welcome to the Kev and Ange Flowcast. Hi, I'm Kev. And I'm Ange. And this is the podcast about any and everything that matters. Money matters. Family matters. Parenting matters. Relationships matter. As a matter of fact, you you matter. matter. So join us as we discuss the fundamental building blocks of life from both an old school and new school perspective. Hey, Kev. Hey, Ange. Let's Let's go. go. It's It's time time to flow. To the Kevin Ange Flowcast, where we talk about everything that matters, and our episode one is just you know to give y'all a little insight about our background, our history, and everything. What got us to not only where we are today, but how we came about meeting each other, and also what I guess pushed us in the direction that helped us want to you know put this podcast together. Like we have a lot of things in common, but we have a lot of differences as well. But it is these for sure, for it is sure. these different viewpoints that allow us to not only see it from each other's perspective, but also agree to disagree. Yeah. And honestly, we're here just to you know, just give a little brief insight about our background. And for me, I'm a kid who was raised in Charlotte, but I was born in Riverside, California. I know like some of you may be thinking that's totally two different sides of the map. And that is very much true, but I feel like these experiences is what helped me broaden my opinion and horizons as far as like how I view life and what I picture life to be. So I was born in Riverside, California, but I was raised here in Charlotte. I moved to Charlotte when I was, I want to say probably nine or 10 years old. And what caused us to move my mother's mom which is my grandmother passed away and then my father's mom passed away so we moved to each side of the country just to be there for them in their last days and honestly at first i really didn't understand what was happening but i would say as far as schooling and everything was going i didn't really get a solid foundation with friends because i was always bouncing around moving around so in between i moved from charlotte to california and then back and forth probably several times Interesting, Kev. At least you recall your move. Mm-hmm. I'm born and raised in Shreveport, Louisiana. My mom made the move to the Midwest when I was two years old, so I don't recall mm-hmm. the move. Only thing I can, my recollection is uh, when we moved, I do remember living in the projects. Yeah, it was just my brother and I. My brother's one year older than I am, and I remove. I remember moving to Omaha, Nebraska. And living in the projects. I remember having my own bedroom. My brother having his own bedroom. And life was good back then. You what know? were some of like the. What were like some of the things you remember. Like growing up in. The area you grew up in. Like was the hood like. Was it like how everybody kind of portrays their hood. To be just all bad now. Or Absolutely like was it. Ab- not. Okay. Absolutely not. It was a sense of family. Is what I remember. Kids played outside together. I remember. You know, you know, the old TV shows, we would go outside and, and act out those TV shows. I remember my brother in particular, he was a huge fan of Tarzan. I don't know if that's, you know. Uh, Tarzan? You I know Tarzan's Tarzan. been around Tarzan. since the early, okay, early okay. Yeah, He would play Tarzan in the trees and 
Yeah, it was a sense of family, you know. Everybody got along. I don't remember any drama. I don't remember any violent situations occurring. Um, I do recall my brother uh, setting our apartment on fire. And the oh, fire accident department. on purpose? Yes, he was playing with matches. Oh, okay. My mom was uh, downstairs, and uh, he we were supposed to be in our bedroom taking a nap. And, uh, you know, he was a little bad kid. And I remember him, you know, getting a hold of some matches and playing around with matches. And next thing you know, our our apartment went up in flame. And then the, you know, fire department was there. And What was the viewpoint of everybody in the household after that happened? You know. Because I have a story similar to that. I almost <laughs> you were burned a bad my, kid too, huh? <laughs> in a way. But I almost burned our apartment down from uh, making noodles. But I didn't put any water in the pot. Gotcha. So I gotcha. walked away from the pot, went outside to play. Where that was my mistake, going outside to play while noodles were cooking. I came back and the whole kitchen was on fire. Wow. Luckily, nobody else was in the house, but I didn't know what to do. I wasn't going back in there. So, Same here. Luckily, yeah. we got out. You know, we nobody had any issues. No one got burned. You know, but you know, of course, my mom was upset, but she was a loving mom. You know, we moved past it, moved on. You know, was there a uh, I guess like a disciplinary. Like. Oh yeah, see now we talk about old school, new school. I don't know how you were raised, but we got our butt spanked. You know, mothers back then had no problem giving you a spank and pulling out the belt. So it was only belts. It wasn't like hey, belts, extension cords. Okay, see, <laughs> so we draw the <laughs> extension cords. Extension. Yeah, cord. that's definitely. Uh, I wouldn't call it old school. I know some friends who got hit with extension cords. But okay, okay. My mom and dad would talk about paddles, spoons, extension cords, pretty much anything that was in arm's length, shoes, the back of a heel, like it really didn't matter. I would say. Grandparents use switches. You know anything about those switches? Yeah, you got to go pick your own. Ah, pick them and pill them. So, yeah, I, ain't, I don't know about the pillin' part. <laughs> pick, pill, and twist them together. I really wouldn't know about the pillin' part, like. I know, like, with discipline, it was a mixture of belts and paddles and stuff like that, switches. But there was also, like, like my dad and my uncle, you're going to put your hands up. Since you want to be disrespectful, act like a class clown, we're going to teach you how to act like a clown. Or you think you really big dog now, so show me you big dog. Or, like, even sometimes my granddad never put his hands on us. We do yard work. See, yeah, sometimes the punishment was chores. See, mm-hmm. I thought you would have grew up, you know, being a little new schooler, that you would have grew up in the timeout age. Yo, we got the timeout after we did the yard work, after the whooping. <laughs> sometimes it was whooping, yard work, and then no TV. And then no. the timeout. And that's when everybody would, everybody coming to play right in front of your house. But I looked at it as like, with friends coming and play in front of your house when you was on punishment, a lot of people view it as like, really, y'all can come and play here? I looked at it as like, my friends really rock with me because instead of going to play somewhere else, they would rather sit right here in the front yard. Like, we understand that you can't be outside with us. So we're going to show you, like, you're not really missing out on nothing. we right here with you. And sometimes, you know, with punishment, your friends will help you do the yard work. If those, like, the close friends, like, Kev, you got you to gotta clean up, you got to sweep, you got to rake. And now it's like, I remember my mom and dad or my granddad sitting on the front porch with their beer. They, you know, they smoke a little bit. And just watch us do the yard work. It, like, I swear, like, a lot of my experiences growing up in life was similar to um, Trey in Boys in the Hood. 
You okay. ever seen that movie? Yes, I Like, seen literally, the different steps along the way. I remember my dad coming to grab me from, like, a girl's house or a different guy's house that I would hang with. He's like, man, I'm telling you, that's not where you need to be at. I've been down that road, and it will ruin your life. Fast forward to now. Okay. I have a few friends that have, you know, passed away due to, like, activities outside where I guess the parents' influence wasn't there. Or also, more so, I want to say, just like... I got friends who got family started early, like in middle school and high school. And it's just like when you don't have, I guess, sometimes uh, that parent influence. Let's talk a little bit about that. About the parents. That parent influence. You know, that's part of the upbringing. You know, your past and your growing, your growing up experience doesn't sound too much different from how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. What you know about being home before the streetlights coming on? Streetlight rule. That's the number ah, one rule. Streetlight rule. And also, like, with the streetlight rule, I would say, like, okay, now a neighbor or somebody yelling at your kid, like, don't do that, get in the house. It's, it might be frowned upon now. Because even in today's world, nobody's playing outside. There's no. technology and tablets. But back then, if the streetlight came on, I was a few blocks away. Kev, your mom know you're down here. Okay, hold on. She don't. I'm gonna call. Let you know you on the way home that you was with me. Everything is good. But those checkpoints where somebody wasn't able to check in with you, when you look up and see the streetlights on, you already know what it is. So you get home. That's that whole. It takes a village to raise a child. I think it's very important. But the village also was very honest. You knew everything that was going on in different households and what was happening. Because some of these things now, man. Listen, my parents dropped me off at other people's households growing up at a point. And behind those closed doors, you realize it's a whole nother, like a whole nother environment of things that's going on. See, I was, yes, for that reason, I was really strict when raising my children. My children, I raised them in Omaha, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And I was very strict. I spent 90% of my time with my children because I didn't trust people. Right. So do you think the restrictions and the safety, do you think it benefits your kids or do you think like, I know some parents is on the reverse side of it. No, let them go out there, learn, and bump their head. It has to be a balance, I think. Definitely. I think it has to be a balance. But I think by me spending 90% of my time with my children, I think it, it made an impact in their lives today because that time was spent traveling. You know, it wasn't just around so the house. Engaged with them. I That's was very good. engaged with my children. Some parents do not Family engage. time, dinner time. You know, was a family chore. You know, we were in the kitchen together. Kids, the children were in the kitchen with me, preparing dinner, cutting up vegetables for the salad, washing dishes together. That's and so that different. was also our time to talk about their day, how the school, mm-hmm. how school went, any issues in school. I was in the know because I created those family time, which is what I think is missing from a lot of families today. I honestly think. It starts that way for a lot of families, but for me, like the way I think and like I've learned a lot about like history, the way markets and stuff matter out here in real life, like all these things tie into why a family has the time or the opportunity to do things versus another family that doesn't. And you have to make the time. You have we to. can't make these excuses. I was a single parent mom for a period of time you know when when I first had my kids I was married for a few years but you know soon after that I divorced so I was a single parent for a long period of time and family time was 
very important to me even television time I didn't allow my children just to sit and watch television I watched TV with them and so after particular TV shows like CIA or shows like that we had discussions you know, mm-hmm. I wanted my kids to be informed about the real world, what was going on out here in the world. So I used those opportunities to have those conversations with them, to teach them about conflict resolution, the best way to resolve conflict other than, you know, pulling out a gun and shooting somebody. I didn't want them to be Man. desensitized by what they saw on TV and didn't know how to handle difficult situations in the real world. Right. I mean, even with conflict resolution, sometimes I feel like now nah, it might not always always be the truth, but just like how like old school believes sometimes a good little butt kicking matters. Sometimes people in our generation they need them hands laid on them real quick. Cause I remember one time I would tell my father, I'm like, "Yeah, dad, leave him alone. He got an attitude problem." My uncle and dad would be like, "He just ain't got uh, hit yet, or he just ain't got beat up yet, or something like that." It a uh, Certain things happen in life, it'll, it'll round you out. Like, I know, maybe that's different. I was a, a mom versus a male figure, so I don't know if it's different for a male figure. For a mom, you know, I, I believe in discipline. I did discipline my children, even though they claim, you know, it didn't hurt. But I tell you what, yeah. I tell you what they didn't like that I felt was most effective was my lectures. My kids would tell you, I would lecture them. They had to repeat back to me what I said to them. The words resonate more than um, I believe like the other disciplinary actions. My father was good at both. So I remember like situations would happen growing up where like I might be hanging around a group of friends or I might be in a certain setting I knew I had no business being, but I would ignore everything up until that point until something drastic was about to happen. And it's like that. A light would come on. That light, that grace, the, the the part where your family or your friends would implement these positive things into you, it clicks on right when that happened. Like I remember, okay, one time, um, me and my friend got arrested for stealing out of the grocery store. We're sitting in the back of the car, and then all these thoughts started going through my head because now the trouble is starting to outweigh what's in front of me. Like the right. con- like, oh, what's gonna happen now? Right. I'm thinking of like what could happen with the police. You know, based off of movies and stuff as a kid, you grew up thinking all these terrible things are gonna happen. And most time the like when you were a kid and, the, and those things happen, they just where do you stay at? Knock on the door, hey, this, 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 blah, blah, blah. They ask the parents what's going on. And I didn't realize like until I got to high school. Some of these choices you make can affect your mom and dad. Like, if you're a kid running around here acting wild and crazy, when these people come around and start asking these questions, now, okay, this isn't a stable home for her to be in. This isn't a stable home for him to be in. So now they're trying to figure out ways. How can we... This is a part of the reason why I grew up in a shell and quiet. I remember one time I was expressing and explaining to a counselor in middle school all the different things that we was going through in our household, thinking that this is a way to express and have an outlet to, like, they try to break our family up. Oh yeah. On two separate occasions and we would have this guy in a suit come by the house with like a little clipboard with all these little checkpoints just trying to figure out what's going on. Oh y'all don't have this, y'all don't got this. How often do y'all eat per day? Oh, we make our own food. Just but these are survival skills that for us, like bro, that's what you need. And sometimes being like in a setting where you don't have to use those survival skills all the time, sometimes it doesn't help you in the real world. See, I was so close to my kids. I think my kids were more afraid of disappointing me than being afraid of, like, the police. He was their friend. 
He was their friend. And honestly, that point right there, like, being a friend to your kids is like, okay, you explained. I was with them when they wanted to go outside, go here, go there. I learned when I was a school teacher, the two most moments, the two the two moments where you can connect with somebody is always doing recess and lunch. Because those are the two times where kids have the freedom to just explain, express, talk, do what they need to do. And you was present in both of those points in their life. Yeah, you know, we had a pretty close bond, and I think that's important. You know, I was a mom first. I had mm-hmm. a responsibility to be a mom, to be a d- disciplinary, and uh, friend second. Yeah, my, my kids knew they can always come to me and talk to me about whatever issues they were dealing with in school. Right. You know, right. I had an open-door policy. They could come to me, no judgment, and we talk it through, and I would teach them, you know, how to come up with solutions to problems were some of the things your kids told you like in the open door policy did any of those things like kind of break your heart or upset you because you thought i thought i was showing them the right way to maneuver and do this but it turns but you know in timing some things do come back around later okay they did catch it now i will admit now when they were younger they had no problem sharing things with me but when they got older there are some things they did, you know, some information they withheld from me that I didn't find out until later in life. Uh, and they and 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 they must have made a pact with each other that we weren't going to let mom know because they knew it would break my heart. That's that bond between <laughs> brothers and sisters. Like that happens with any. I felt I felt like me and my brother and sister bond came through sticking up for each other during like the times we would get in trouble. And most of the time, the person who had the most heart, I honestly would say, was my little brother. Like, when we would get in trouble, he would be the one to know it was me. And, like, I'm the one who was very, like, quiet and reserved. I learned, like, and I don't know where I got this from, but it's like, I'm not going to say anything until you got me all the way into a corner. But until then, no, I didn't do it. Yeah, they made a little pack, you know. And I guess they felt like whatever the situation was, it was still within their control. But if anything happened that they felt was outside their control, they, they, they did come to me. How was um, how was it grown up for you as far as a open door policy talking to your parents? I don't recall having that open door policy, and I think that's what one of the reasons why I established an open door policy with my children because my parents, I was raised in an environment you just didn't talk to you. your parents were very strict. You didn't have a say. You didn't have a say. You know, I was told you couldn't talk to boys. You, you can't talk to boys on the phone until you're at least 16 years old. There was no compromise there whatsoever. You really didn't have a voice. So I think I, when I start having children, I just made a promise to myself that I'm going to give my kids a voice mm-hmm. by having this open door policy. I want them to feel like they have a, a safe place right. and that I'm that safe place that they can come to me and talk to me about anything. Did you feel like Okay, compared to when you was growing up and compared to raising kids, do you feel like um, the open door policy, being able to express when you want to express or the need to express was important or more beneficial than it was not having an opinion at all? I think it's more beneficial because to this day, my kids, when they're dealing with a problem, guess who they come to? You. They come to me. They seek my advice. Right. They valued my advice. You know, they had an appreciation for me allowing them to be upfront and open and honest about their feelings and me not judging them. 
The right. key is not to judge them. It's just to help them navigate through whatever that, that issue is. And to this day, they're grown. My kids are all in their 30s. My baby girl will be 30. And they still come to me for advice. On a totem, like left and right, 1 to 10, or however you want to gauge it, do you think there was more discipline than it was teaching, or you actually gave more conversation than discipline? I think more teaching and conversation. Which one do you think is more beneficial? I think you got to have a balance. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think because I did more teaching and setting expectations, um, I didn't have to rely heavily on the discipline. Did it hurt you to like discipline your kids sometimes? Of course. Like of you course. go in the room and like break down a little bit. You know, I wouldn't say I broke down, <laughs> got emotional or anything. You know, I I knew I had to go in there and handle my business, but yeah. you know, I I you know I didn't take pleasure in having to discipline my children, but mm-hmm. you know. I thought it was one of those necessary evils, you know, it had to be done, you know. Now, on the other side of that, since we're on the discipline part of like growing up and everything, there were times where me and my brother and sometimes my sister would laugh through our life. <laughs> my kids did the same Like, okay, for example, my, um... Like, my mom or dad would, like, swing the belt, and they would miss. Yes. I thought that would be funny. Or <laughs> um, what's another way? Um, fake tears. Fake tears. I remember one time I faked some tears. We was at a Marshalls. My father, you know, switch, paddle, sister hand, brother hand. And he would always ask, you want it on your behind or you want it on your hand? Okay, cool. I took it on the hand. I looked at it and was like, that kind of hurt. <laughs> And then he was just like, get back over here. And instantly, tears just came out of nowhere. Like, I got my little phase of whooping like you said I was going to get it. Like, why are you trying to? Sometimes I think, as a kid growing up, I think sometimes parents, I'm not a parent yet, but I think sometimes the anger side of just life and stressed out, like some of that is taken out on the kids sometimes. And I have to agree with you on that. I honestly can recall myself running away from home a few times if I had to run away from home probably three or four times first two times I didn't know what I was doing I ran away to the YMCA third time I ran away to a girl's house she was a family friend and the mom called my parents literally 30 minutes once I got there and then the fourth time was what two three years ago when I actually left home no explanation of where I was $200 in my account I was homeless just bottled up with everything in life. So you felt like you couldn't talk to your parents about what you were going through? I wouldn't say that, but it was more so said a little prayer. I don't know what I'm doing out here in life. And I just hit the road. Literally, it, it's crazy because looking back on it, that was a fun experience. I needed that, like just to jump out there in the world. I think that was the beginning of my journey to find out who I was. And I feel like it's very important before you even take off or live life, find a path or a purpose where you can succeed. You need to go out here and be lost a little bit. That's the only way you find yourself. Through darkness, you find light. At least in my opinion, that's what I think. I think that's important. That works for some people. Yeah. I mean, that was your path. I don't think that's true for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I gave my kids a lot of guidance. And, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of different topics as it relates to 
what really matters in life money matters relationship matters family matter right now we're kind of talking about family matters you know mm-hmm. we gave kind of an intro to who we are and but we we've kind of gone into family matters but uh, you know I've, i i gave my kids a lot of guidance and uh we get on the episode on money matters i gave my kids what i like to think a strong foundation in the area of money matters so you know what you said again that was your path i wouldn't Mm -hmm. say that's the path for everyone you know so if you lay out a path for your kids or let's say you was born into a lineage where they carry themselves and have a standard a certain way there are some people who are born in something this is the way we are taught to maneuver, think, and carry ourselves. There are some people who want to step out there and go and experience life in the world outside of what Correct. grandma, Correct. grandpa, mom, and, and dad, And my kids did. did. And they okay. did. But you need those guidelines. They and came back though. to their foundation. You know, Ooh, okay. we all have made mistakes and gotten off track. But it's important as parents that you create a foundation for your children. Even the Bible tells you train up a child in the way they should go. So that when they're older, they won't depart from it. They'll the return they to depart. it. Right, right. You, um, okay, in your opinion, what do you think was the, how am I worried this question? What do you think was the biggest mistake of your life? Or something you just like, and you know your parents' teachings was like, I ignore what they said, and this is exactly what happened, and they told me this would happen. Ooh, gosh, I had a couple of those different moments. Um, I I would have to say this is going to be on that topic of relationship matters. Mm-hmm. When we get into the episode of talking about relationships, entering into relationships that I had no business being in. Of course, you know, out of the relationship came my beautiful children. So I have no regrets there. But in hindsight, yes, had I listened to my parents, um, I probably would have uh, far less children. You know, I have four beautiful children, and I thank God for my four beautiful children. But, yeah. I see. I honestly think, like, okay, we was talking about the lecturing and the discipline side of things. I think my father's discipline, like disciplinary actions, it instills so much, like, fear but it's like, so I didn't believe in the fear tactic. Man, look, you know that was that's a form of discipline that uh, some parents use. But I didn't believe in the fear tactic. I would say fear is like uh, more so respect, not fear is in I'm scared. It's just more so like, I mean, my dad was a very demanding type of dude. Six foot nine, deep voice, in shape most part of his life, and his voice was like I don't know, like thunderous when he would say stuff. It's just like, yo, I don't want no problems with that. No problems at all. See, I grew up without my father. Okay. Actually, I grew up in, for the most part, I would say the first part of my life, I grew up without my biological father being present. Like I said, my mom moved to Omaha, Nebraska when I was two years old. She did remarry. So the latter part of my life, I would say when I was about nine years old, is when she remarried my stepfather. And that's when I, um, you know, was back at, really into a, uh, family unit where I, I I can recall really learning things and mm-hmm. important things um, in life, financial matters. When we get on the topic of financial matters, I'll delve into all the things I benefited and learned from my stepfather's knowledge and insight. Do you feel like 
even though you had a stepfather playing the role of dad, do you feel like there are some things that he could never like truly connect with you or teach you because it's not like not at all actually dad? Not at all, actually. Okay. No, because I learned a lot from my stepfather. He was that replacement of my biological father. Mm -hmm. I learned about relationships. I learned about money. You know, a lot of things I know today, I give credit to my stepfather. He stepped in and stepped up when my step, my biological father stepped out. Mm, okay, that's, that makes sense. That makes you know a lot I mean? of sense, yeah. He did what my biological father didn't do. Um, now, again, he came in. He, I wouldn't say he was drama-free. My parents' relationship wasn't drama-free, so, you know, I was exposed to things that kind of um, had a negative impact in my life as far as how I viewed relationships. And, um, but nobody's perfect, you know. My parents yeah. are not perfect. We're not perfect. You know, we're all striving to try to just do the best we can to be the best versions of ourselves. You mm -hmm. know, we're all influenced by people that surrounds us our environment our culture there's a lot of things that shape us to be who we are Man, today influence is definitely one of the major ones growing up like i know like with influence you know you call it peer pressure growing up like peer pressure influences a lot of people like i remember going to certain house parties and things growing up and you would see everything that's taking place in these house parties and it's like Oh, your parents let you do that? Your mom lets you do that? And sometimes what would throw me off is sometimes the mom or the dad or the aunt, whoever was raising the kids, they'd be right there in the party with us right. doing the same things as us. And just like you see a whole different perspective on a lot of things. And it's like I never seen my parents like kind of have fun, if that makes sense. I, like, you know, I don't recall that either. The most everything was about, it seemed serious about business, you know. But see, like, I think, like, I remember growing up, like, those experiences, like, I always, like I said, I related to Boys in the Hood, the movie. When it was time to have parties, like house parties and stuff like that, we wasn't able to come out the room either. No. We're in the exactly. back. Everybody's yes. shooting cars, Same. dominoes. And if you do slip out the room, you see what's going on. Okay. You see what's going on around the house. It's like, but you better not come up the hallway. Like, because it's, it's grown folks time. And I get it. Like. Listen, I remember so many experiences like being raised in Charlotte and kind of having a little bit of my life in California. Two different, two different worlds, two different worlds. Like Charlotte is like super laid back and chill. But California is very laid back and chill. But it's like I can't really explain it like a day out of having fun. You could do a club or a bar back then growing up. But a lot of us would go like run up a mountain or a hill. Light a little fire and we all standing outside playing around and remind you, I got like an old type of chill vibe. I was always around older people. Older people. Like I was 19 years old hanging around girls and guys who was 19, 20 years old and they would just put me on game like, yo Kev, when you get to school, you got to wear this, you got to do this. Girls be like, no Kev, talk to them like this. Be cool, be calm like this. Like my laid back chill demeanor, like like I said, in middle school, I had girls who was in the 12th grade dropping me off at school. We won't talk about middle school. Those were the worst years of my life oh no mine was terrible but mine was, okay <laughs> mine was terrible yeah terrible experience and i i think i'm still scarred today i still am scarred. still scarred today i'm scarred by what i went through in middle school we won't get into it mm -hmm. with this episode 
We'll, we'll have to circle back around. I'll, I'll ask this question. How do you think middle school shaped the rest of your life as far as like how you view things? Like, you know, I read I read in a book one time where the first, I think, five to 10 years, 13 years of your life is where dad's supposed to be in there for yes. the for the for the daughter. Yes. And then like 13, uh, 18, that's when boys kind of fill into themselves and start figuring out like, you know what I'm saying? Like girls start paying attention a little more. That's where dad was supposed to be in for them. Yes. But from birth to like 13, 14 is where dad was supposed to be playing a role for the yes. for the girls more critical. so. Critical. It's so critical. And that'll lead into, you know, relationship matters when we get on that topic. Mm-hmm. You know, the father should be the first person to illustrate what love is supposed to look like. And so many young girls not having their fathers present, you know, fall into the trap of, you know, connecting themselves with people who they have no business connecting with. But, man, you know, some don't some of us don't even recognize, like, when somebody's showing real love to them. And it's like. I mean, it's different forms, it I guess, absent. to it. it. You know, again, like you said, you know, those, during those critical years when the father should be present, showing you what love looks like, loving on you. You know, I, I like to, I, I talk about it in a book I'm writing about my life story about being brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. You know, at the age I am now, an older lady, I'm, I'm brokenhearted. And my brokenheartedness came from my biological father number one person who should be in my life teaching me what love is wasn't there so mm-hmm. you know that kind of charted the course of all the bad relationships I had to go through until you know I came to realization of what true love is really about what it is and what I should be looking for and like I said we'll, we'll delve into that when we get into relationship matters how was um how was uh like how was social life growing up as far as like friends, family, like I know that plays a big part in what shapes people's personality too. Like growing up as a kid, like different yeah, I spent a lot of time a lot of summers as a matter of fact, you know, in the south, visiting grandparents and hanging out with cousins and so I was, you know, influenced heavily by my cousins. So for those that don't know, can you explain one growing up in the south compared like how you felt how it looked compared to what nebraska looks like because i know what being in texas I, florida oh all these places compared to nebraska kansas Oklahoma i would say the like. biggest difference with growing up in the south or spending time in the south we spent more time outside outside nice work. playing outside mm-hmm. um using our imagination you know and in the midwest i don't know what it was but it seemed like we spent more time indoors Mm-hmm. So, was there like a? How was the family setting growing up? Was you staying with like a lot of cousins and family members, or was it just your immediate family? 
you know, visiting grandparents, like I said, uh, in the summertime, staying at grandparents, but also going to visit your auntie and hanging out with your cousins, you know, staying out all night long. Best feeling. Yes. Yeah. You know, at home, doing the things you weren't allowed to do at home. With your, yes. <laughs> you know. The best feeling, because you with your cousins, with the your aunt's kind of more laid back. Yes, more laid, your uncle, cousin, your auntie and your uncle more uh, laid back so you know you were able to do a lot more than what you were able to do at home so yeah um, it kind of felt like that when my cousins would come over to my house like the rains was kind of let up because I felt like even if we talked to our cousins now they'd be like bro we did the same we went through the same things y'all went through but I think like that the parents knowing okay such and such are with their cousins we can kind of chill because now I remember my cousins would come over it went from three of us to almost 12 of us oh yeah so oh, yeah. 12 of us running around the neighborhood yeah the oldest make sure you watching after the youngest yes. youngest make sure you following where, where the same. oldest is going and that if anything exactly was to happen in between that we will you know handle the discipline the way we see fit compared on like what happened who wasn't listening who didn't look after like cause i remember getting into a lot of fights growing up behind my sister's mouth and my brother Engage yeah, but, with different people. We, we stood up. We we stood up for each other. You know, mm-hmm. whenever there was any issues, any confrontation, you know, the cousins had your back. Not for real. Okay. I got some cousins now. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> way way different. I, I also learned too. Like, okay, we talking about like how was life growing up. I remember explaining to one of my coworkers like, there are pockets and pieces in life growing up where. Sometimes we stayed in a nice neighborhood. Then sometimes we would move to a, you know, an average decent neighborhood. Then sometimes we, okay, we back over here. So I got to see a different perspective of how kids were in different neighborhoods. Like for me, being in the neighborhoods where people didn't have much, we was all outside. Everybody running around it neighborhood like playing. Happier people, right? It seemed, yeah, like it seemed perfect. Then once you get to a certain level, I was like, you don't really see nobody outside running around playing because everybody got the. For us, it was technology and things like I, w- I grew up in there like, you know, part of it. We didn't have the technology. Some of us did. Some of us didn't. But even the ones with the technology pieces, they were still running around with us. But it was always OK. If you're not going to be using this, make sure you bring that back in the house. Because some of us was. Oh, if he put that down, I'm taking that. <laughs> right. I'm taking that. If he put that down. And it's like, OK, like for us, our technology, I would say growing up was like bikes, footballs, basketballs, like. If you leave exactly. that in somebody's yard, we, that's we, gone. Yes, yes. But the the gathering of the neighborhood, wait, who took your bike? Now you got 20, 30 kids. Where are we off to go go get this bike back? We off to walk this way and go pick up the bike. And it's like, it wasn't a, I would say based off the people I was hanging around, it wasn't a, all of us finna go help you get your bike back. We here to watch you. You go get the bike back. You step towards this guy or this girl who you got a problem with. You handle it how you want to handle it. And it's like, I can't even explain to you how many times there's been fights and situations occur where the whole neighborhood is just surrounding. And it's like, what you going to do? Now you place yourself on the totem amongst yes. the kids in the neighborhood. Are you the pushover? Are you the, you know, like, I'm not going to say pushover. like cause might... Times have really, really changed, mm-hmm. you know. And I think, you know, if we go back, if, 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 if there was a way to kind of just go back or to the 
days when kids were outside playing outside riding bikes you fun. know using their imagination fun. having fun ice cream truck ice cream truck the bomb pop bomb pop man you know yeah, trampolines you know pools. trampolines all that kind of stuff you know yeah the world would be a better place man kids were kids back then kids had fun i can't disagree with you at all i wonder what kids do now like spent you spend a lot of time indoors I mean, a lot of us do now, like, because of different things and different factors, but I find indoors to be so just boring. Like, I love going on. I remember, okay, like, growing up, when your parents did, like, they didn't care what you did in between the time you walked out the door, but if you go out, you stay out. And then the street light. But in between that, we all the way over here in this neighborhood, we riding bikes over here, like, in the woods, going up and down trails and hikes, whatever. But it's like... I think we need to... In conclusion, I think we need to get back to a sense of familyness. I think that's what's missing in the world today. Honestly, I don't think it's it is missing, but like I would say more so for this generation, it's more so the parents who gotta step into the kids' world now. Like you see it from time to time. You see parents hopping on TikTok or being on Instagram with their kids. They more so. So you're saying being more relatable to the children. You you have to be yeah. like, at least just from my experiences growing up, because like that comes back to what you were saying. Like, your 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 children felt connected to you. Like they didn't feel uncomfortable to come in and talk to you. But I also think sometimes as a parent, you don't have to be a parent twenty four seven. You can be the friend. You can be the one that play. Like, like I remember points and times like growing up. My relationship with my dad is on a deeper level than it is with my mother at times. But my dad would be the one to come in the house and throw snowballs at us or, like, throw us out in the cold or cut the uh, cold shower and dump water and, like, get up. Like, he's very playful. But, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it made us more like, okay, cool, we can play with him that way sometimes. Sometimes he'd get upset. And and that's what I mean. Getting back to strengthening the family unit. It's what's missing in the world today. You know, parents, you know, spending more time with their children, getting to know their children, interacting with their children, engaging with their children at dinner time. Just finding that quality family time. That's one thing that I would say dinner time is a very important part to building a family bond I guess because a lot of us hey, we get our plate of food we in our room with the door shut TV see, I, on I did a lot of that oh we, yeah we dined together Man. dinner time was a time for us to come together and dine together fellowship together what I did learn though with the dinner time us as kids growing up we was more oh, some of us I, I don't know what was going on in everybody's household some of us were more open to sitting with mom and dad when they accepted some of our friends over. Oh, you got some friends? Bring them over. Cool. You got, yeah, let, invite them over. Let, let me meet your friend. Guys and girls. Like, I remember, like, growing up, my dad would allow different guys and girls to be in the house. So, my dad was like, you like her? She cool? Oh, yeah, she all right. She cool. She chill. We'll invite her over for some uh, dinner. Like, we'd be sitting at the little table when we was, like, what, 14, 15 years old. And my dad just be catching a little vibe. You know, parents just kind of know. And I remember growing up, my dad would be like, Kev, nah, he ain't the right one. Yeah, he could be your friend right now, but just, you know, with a little discernment and gauge on that, just know, like, I see some things in them. I remember my mom would tell me about certain women, like, growing up, certain girls. 
No, Kev, not that one. Nah, be careful. And it's crazy, like, I think us growing up, we talking about, like, how it was growing up for us. The importance of having a male and female figure in the house. It's not necessarily about what you see them doing all the time. It's more so the words that they instill in you, like, as far as, like, how you should carry yourself, how you should go about different things. I think that stuff matters. Because I remember, like, okay, at points, my mother would be like, no... No this and that, no fighting, no this and that. But my dad's point of view is, yo, if you run from this person, you're gonna be running from everybody in your life. You better ten That's toes the it. The importance like, of having both a male and a female. My mom is more so. She taught me how to. Dad in the house yeah. to bring that balance. My mom taught me how we to talk it out. Balance. She like, hey, it's okay with trying to talk it out. And a lot of times growing up, people, yo, you soft, you a punk. You, I'm like, yo, okay, cool, but. That backside of it, like I was explaining, like if it has to kind of maneuver this way, I had an uncle and a father who, like, you know, okay, I remember like being in the living room with my father and he, put your hands up. Let me see you throw a jab. Let me see you. Okay, cool. Like, you need to kind of tighten that one. Like, I remember him giving us these type of, or like we sit at the table, like every time when you address anybody from a child all the way up to an old man or an old woman, eye to eye contact, yes, sir, no, sir, don't matter. Like, but my family kind of was military, militant. I had uh, cousins and aunts and uncles that was in the military. So that's where the yard work come from. Like, my uncle be like, we don't got to put hands on you. You're just going to do yard work. Imagine raking leaves and moving center blocks from morning to sundown across a big backyard. In the South, you know how big backyards be in the South. Right. All right, I'm done moving these 100 center blocks. Okay, now move them back. Move them back. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, that was that was rough. But over the time, I think some of the experiences we have growing up helped to shape you who you are today. And you look back on it and laugh. Most definitely. And all those experiences help shape who you are today. Most definitely. So this is a good conversation, Kev. Yeah, we uh, talked about a lot. Parenting, mm-hmm. you know. Number one, the importance of parenting. In our childhood, for sure. In childhood, you know, helps us to see ourselves and understand ourselves better in who we are today. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose of this podcast. It's just casual conversation about things that matter in life. What's important. Family's important. Relationships are important. We touched on all those things. Finance is important. And I'm excited going forward. To talk more about each and every one of those topics and give both the perspective of the new school, old school. And, you know, it looks like in some of the areas we kind of have a lot of similarities. A lot you know? of similarities. I think the times change, but I guess the, what do you, what do you say? The, the, the players, the the players change, but the game stays the same. Stays the same. Yeah. Or is it the game change, but the players stay the same? Either way it go, you can kind of understand, like, because the players can change, but the game can remain the same. Like, the same outcomes no matter what happens. Or the name of the game is going to change, but the players, like, who is taking the journeys in life will change. But all in all, everything works out how it's supposed to work out. But I think it's those choices along the way that we make every little choice. Every decision, we're the sum total of our decisions. Everything matters. Everything matters. 
And on that note, you guys have a great evening.